Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the asylum. Today we have a pretty cool guest. Uh, I've been waiting to get a hold of and talk to and and uh, get to know a little bit better. Um, somebody that I've been seeing a lot of his product on cars floating around, uh, Mr. Jason Cummins from Maker's Garage. What's going on, guys? What up, dude? Good so, to be on uh, here. I figure, what the hell? Let's just get right into it. Let's talk about <laughs> door handles. <laughs> so, as we all know, Elmar just came out with a new flush mount door handles, and it's pretty well known. It's no secret that you've been kind of working on a door handle for, well, geez, you and I have been talking about it for two years, right? Yeah, two years. Somewhere in that range. So, I'm just curious. You've seen these, you've seen the LMR handles, right? I have, yeah. So maybe just give us a rundown. I'm not looking to bash anything, no competition, none of that nonsense. But just so people have an idea, because there's been some talk about it on Facebook, about yours coming out, the difference of what yours are going to be compared to them. Yeah. If you, um, don't, if you don't mind. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll start off by saying, like, you know, the door handle is a very complicated part. And LMR, you know, I, I know there's there's bashing on them and. You know, I've been bashed on my stuff before too, but it's a complicated part. And, you know, I think they did a great job for what they had to work with, right? Um, the difference, the biggest difference between mine and theirs is it's not going to be a flush door handle. It's going to be more of like a SN95 style door handle. So it's not perfectly flush. And I do that on purpose because, you know, when you make these parts flush on these cars with the build tolerances, the flush never works because one car it's flush on one car it's sub flush on one car it's proud so if you don't if you design it to never look flush then you know, you, it, it looks the same on all cars so that's the biggest difference it's not a flush door handle it's more a modern interpretation of the fox handle with a lot of the flavor of an s95 handle on it gotcha so so it's kind of like um i don't know how far out would you say it's going to stick would you say roughly it's it's skinnier than a than a, a factory door handle yeah, I mean, the whole pivot and mechanisms all moved inboard. I mean, it's completely re-engineered. I would say it's six from the body, three-eighths maybe, five-sixteenths, maybe three-eighths. Right. Honestly, so, I never measured it. So everyone's going to want to know, like, oh, also, I got a question for you. Are yours going to be, you have to drill your doors for yours? Nah, direct bolt on part. So they're going to bolt on just exactly like a factory OEM handle? Uh factory sn95 oem handle gotcha so it's not going to be riveted nope nope yeah direct bolt on part and there's some other things i'm doing to it so you don't even have to do anything to it you just literally pull it out of package put it on done gotcha so i was thinking about this and um i don't know i kind of wonder um i don't want to ask this because you you can't really answer because i know you're it's been ongoing product but people are going to want to know now like, is there any sort of time frame? Very. <laughs> yeah, I don't. All right. All right. I hate giving timing. Let me interrupt. Go for it. Don't Go hit up Jason. When are they coming? When are they coming? When are they coming? I guess the short of it, going by the look on your face, is it's something you're working on and hopefully sooner than later. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely less than six months. Um, probably even less than that, um, like everything's lined up, ready to go. It's just doing final tweaks and getting final prototypes before we kick off, you know, tooling. Cause it's, you know, it's 
I'll say it's not a machine part. It is all metal part, but it's not machine. So there's a lot of tooling and, you know, initial investment that goes into it. So doing the prototypes to make sure it's right before we do tooling um, right. will help. So we're not going to hold you to six months then. <laughs> I don't want it to be six months. <laughs> we're like, not going to hold you to it. <laughs> I'm excited. No, but Tom, Tom, you're gonna, you'll text me every day. Hey, man, you done? You done? You done? You done? Are you trying to be Mr. Mascot now? Privilege, bro. Privilege. Hey, listen. That's the price you pay for, for having me watch your booth at Carlisle. Yeah. If, if anyone wants to know anything, just ask Tom. <laughs> <laughs> You and I talking though, so you, yeah, you know a lot. So no, it's cool. You know, um, I just wanted to get that out of the way because there's been a lot of chatter about it on Facebook. Obviously, some people are loving the LMR handles, some people yeah. are hating the LMR handles, and then in those conversations, I've been seeing people and myself included. Um, you know, listen, Jason's coming out with some door handles. Let's wait to see what you got if you're not happy with these. So yeah, I just wanted to start the pot off <clears throat> right out of the bat with that because I know it's a question people have. I think we might as well answer it right off the bat. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited about it. It's, you know, I've been showing the door handle at car shows as a 3D printed part for about a year and a half, two years, maybe. Just right. feedback and things like that. And I have to admit, I'm, I'm a little bummed that I didn't get it out first because it's kind of, a, for me, it's a, it's like, ah, I was sitting on my butt a little too long to get these out. So now right. that I see well, it out, and I'm like, ah, oh, you missed the opportunity. And that's on me, right? So, well, also, though, all right, let's, so a lot of people might assume that you're some giant company. Like I actually know a couple of people to talk to who thought you were a much bigger company as far as manpower than you are. Nope. So let's give people, since yeah. we talked about the door handles and all that, let's give people the hundred mile an hour. What is maker's garage? Who is maker's garage? What do you bring to the table? All that stuff. Yeah. So um, it's, again, to answer your first question, um, the day to day of, every aspect of the business is 100% me. Um, I have people that help me. I have friends that are engineers and automotive, you know, automotive engineers that give me feedback, especially like the wheels. And you know, I go to them and say, hey, can you help me with my manufacturing suppliers? And they do. So it's not 100% me, but the day-to-day you know, Instagram, Facebook, email, product fulfillment, you know, you know, all the product development, like the product ideas, um besides some of the engineering you know i I get some of that feedback from other people um but let's say 95 percent to me right Um, and i you know right now i I still have a full-time day job um i'm an industrial design manager for a automotive company uh supplier um so it's you know it's it's not my full-time thing but it's like three of my full-time job you know so um but that, you know, that's, that's kind of the day to day for me. And I'm, I'm trying to, this year, I'm trying to expand it more where it's not just me and leveraging other, you know, uh, avenues to help with better customer service. Cause, um, you know, some people I, I, you know, I, I get right. Some, you know, some customers, you know, they'll say like, Oh, I had the best, best experience ever. And then I get some messages from people saying, wow, that really sucked <laughs> that experience with you. And, and I know that it's, you know, it's, it, and you know, it's, I don't always get it right. So, and that's mainly because the company has gotten to a point um, that it's gotten way bigger than I can handle by myself. So, so this year I'm going to be making some changes that help with that. Um, so that's the operation side. That's kind of in the day to day of that. Um, but as far as makers, I mean, it's, you know, 
you know, it's ran out 79 and 93 stuff and then getting into the 04 stuff. They're always up the 04 Mustang parts. And then eventually you definitely want to branch out and do a lot of other stuff too. Um, yeah. Did you, um, I know uh, no one's going to care about this, but I care. So I'm going to ask anyway, did you ever mess with the uh, Camaro thing that Mike talked to you about? Um, they, they hired me. Well, they, they asked to hire me to do a bunch of design work for them. And so I, I, I quoted the project because I do a lot of design, you know, in addition to the Mustang parts, I have a design service company where I develop and do a ton of, you know, full pro I've done everything from, you know, small widgets for people to full entire pro you know, car development, interior, full exterior, almost to, to production under my company, under makers. So, um, so yeah, I took that point. I, I quoted them and I just haven't heard back. I mean, it's, I, I, you know, I charged a decent amount of money, so. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it was a, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a sticker shock for people that don't, you know, haven't been involved in it. So right. I don't know, maybe, maybe it just wasn't the right timing for them too, but I'd love to reach out and help them with it again. I think it's a yeah, cool yeah. project. So tell us about you, dude. Like, oh, man. like, like, yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> what, what I mean by that is like, you've done a couple podcasts now. Like I'm sure yeah. some people have heard of some people, man, we'll touch bases on all your stuff, but yeah, I don't know. Like, tell us more about like you, like, what are you into? Like besides cars, like all that stuff, like tell us your background, where you yeah. come from. I mean, maybe I just do what you guys have done in the past, which is what I love of the podcast is kind of like how you got into this and your story. Um, you know, I, I would say, you know, my stories, Fox bodies are so, you know, weaved into my story. Um, so I think that's probably good to just go back and start. Um, you know, when I was, like when I was younger, I think it was uh, fourth, fifth grade. And, you know, it was a deep, you know, average student and stuff like that. But all of a sudden my brother one day came home with like Mustang magazines and he liked this, this Mustang. And I, yeah, I had no clue, clue what a Mustang was. And he convinced my dad to go and look at this car at a dealership in Hartford County, Maryland. And it was a 91 GT. Um, and so we went and looked at it and we got it and we do a test drive and we pull off from a red light. And the thing like my dad, you know, automatic, right? He smacks into it and we're like, Oh my God, this thing has a chip. It's so crazy. I didn't know what chip was. I just knew my brother said that chip and I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. No, it was completely bone stock. Um, and, that, and at that moment, I just fell in love. I, I was, I was sold. Um, and I was a car person from there on out. And I think what really made me fall in love with cars is like when my brother started getting a Mustang magazine, muscle Mustang and fast forward, I can't remember what year edition it was, but it had a purple S351 saline in the back cover. It was a rendering with a huge wing, it was like the race car edition, it was a giveaway. And that was the first article or first, you know, edition of that magazine that I got. Now, why I, you know, back to why I think I fell in love so much too, is not just you know, the experience of driving the car, but like, I think it was in fourth grade, I was, you know, I was reading at the, you know, at a first grade level, right? And I didn't give it any care about any of this stuff. Like there was, to me, there was no incentive to like do this or do that, but, I wanted to read that magazine so bad that, you know, then eventually I got up to where I was and all that. And I think just the, just being immersed in that and then, you know, but then Mustangs gave me a purpose, right? It gave me a purpose to like read better and do better in school. And it just kind of all just came together and I was hooked. Um, and then like at that point I knew I wanted to be a car mechanic. So 
um, you know, I started getting involved in cars more, and my cousins had Fox bodies. Um, two, they had a '86 GT convertible and a '89 LX Notch, and you know, I was like, you know, just immersed in these Fox bodies, right? And then I really wanted one, so I got an '86 six-cylinder, um, and I I had plans to build the fastest car in the world, and I got to the shell, and that's ever that's the only place I ever made it. <laughs> I was 13, you know, I was like, where am I gonna go with this? I, I like thought, so many others, right? Dude. That was that wasn't the first one. I had an '86 GT too. That um, actually, uh, one of my friends that I'm friends with now took it away years ago. Same deal. I thought I was going to build this awesome car, and I got to the shell, and I didn't. I didn't have any money. I was 14 Dude, years old. I think I, I had like three or four notches. No joke. That like I got stripped down and it sold. Like just never yeah. went anywhere. Yeah. Well, funny Drop. enough about you know just a little bit of side conversation, but. That 86 GT, I remember, I was like, I'm never going to finish this car, right? And so there's a guy, um, I grew up in like Hartford County, Bel Air, Maryland, so not that far from the Pennsylvania uh, PA line. And there's this guy named Adam Brown, to me, and he was like, to me, he was like the man when it came to Fox Bodies in this area. He had a silver 86 GT. And then... Um, yeah, moving forward a little bit years, um, when I got my 93 Cobra, like I used to try to street race him at the red light. Well, you know, I, I'm probably going to loop around a lot. Yeah, That's I'm, fine. I'm, I'm not a linear person, man. So we I'm don't not, have I'm, rules. Neither, I'm, neither yeah. are we, bro. <laughs> not a linear pre presentation. Well, I just like, I also like, you know, I don't, I don't know if I'm officially but like severe ADHD. Like I'm a crazy, you know, my mind's everywhere. But, um, but funny enough, in 2017, I went to SEMA and I had uh, my first one of my first splitters on Matt D'Andrea's Red 93 Cobra, who um, runs CarCast. I don't know if you're familiar with it, it's a um, moderator. Um, and when I was out there, I was over at the you know, Von Gittin Jr.'s trailer and I see Adam over there. And he's wearing the shirt and everything. I'm like, dude, what, what, are, you, what are you doing here, man? Like, <laughs> how'd you right. get here? And he goes, oh, Bond, I, I'm, I'm Bond's tuner now. And I'm like, how, wait, how, how'd you get hooked up with Bond getting junior, right? Like, right. You're just Adam. And he's like, oh, Leo hooked me up. And I'm like, and Leo's a friend, you know, I'm, I'm well, you know, in more of an acquaintance, but I, you know, I respect the guy. And I was like, wait, Leo knows Bond? Wait. And then he goes, oh, yeah, Vaughn grew up right down the street from your parents. And I'm like, what? So, like, <laughs> these, you know, these Hartford County boys, right. you know, are doing Fox Body stuff, Mustang. Now, Vaughn's, I would say, doing a lot better than us. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's crazy that, you know, I'm friends with Adam. Adam's Vaughn's tuner. He's always up at, you know, Ford Proving Grounds getting, you know, work, you know, doing work with Ford Performance. And then he's Vaughn getting Junior's tuner. But I'm friends with Leo, who's friends with Vaughn. But I've never met Vaughn. So it's just, you know, it's kind of a cool, but that's, so if you can follow me. I'm <laughs> following you. That's like you got some shitty buddies. If <laughs> <laughs> So that 86 GT, <laughs> Adam, who's Vaughn's tuner, picked up my 86 GT when I was like 15 years old and took it away. So oh, it's no. just like, it's just crazy how like it's all connected. I'm like, man, this is wild, you know? So And still like all these years later, you're all still in the Fox body. Yeah, well, I was just down in his shop the other day testing some parts because he's in Maryland. And um, I walked in, just mess like one of the guys didn't know who I was. I'm like, hey, I'm here to see Adam to get my 86 GT back. And um, 
you know, just joking around, but I was down there like test fitting some, you know, parts that I, that you don't even know about Tom. So, um, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh yeah. Well, I was over there later. <laughs> you later. You See, hold my, it out on me. <laughs> well, don't tell Tom. Everybody will know. Everybody That's not true. Know. Hey, hey, I'm strategical when I tell him for a purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell so, the right people. But, um, yeah, so I, you know, I, I got into that, you know, and like I said, I'm going to jump around a lot, but you know, I had my 86 GT and then, um, that was probably at the beginning of the high school. And then I remember going to my junior or senior prom and I'm driving my mom's 94 GT, I think to the prom. And, um, I'm driving by this, this, uh, used car shop and having a great Maryland car, car capital. And at the time that's where every Fox body owner, or most Fox body owners got the cars, my brothers, um, in the future, my best friend that I met, um, he also got his car there. So I'm driving by and I see this red 93 curb in the parking lot. And we're already late to go to the prom. And I was like, I, I busted a U-turn. I was like, I got, I got to go back and see this car. And she's like, we're late, we're late, we're late. And I'm like, I don't care. So we busted around, made a U-turn, went and checked out the car. And I was obsessed. So obsessed. The next day I went to the, um, the used car lot and I said, hey, I have a good down payment for this car. Um, but I don't have all the money. I was like, can I like work on the weekends or work on the day and like wash cars? Like I wanted that car so bad. Um, and the guy just kind of laughed at me. He was like, sorry, bud, but you know, I can't do that. So luckily my brother's four years older than me and he was trying to build credit. Now I had a nice down payment. So I said, you know, my parents came up with the idea of like, Hey, you're, you're my brother's John. Like you're trying to create credit. Why don't you take the loan out in your name and then I pay it. So, and that's how I got the car ultimately. So help my brother get his credit. And at that time, my brother had an 89 LX. And then um, my dad had his 91 GT and my mom had her 94 GT. And then I had my 93 Cobra. Now you still own that 93 Cobra, correct? Yeah. I've had it since I was 17. So, but you use it for like mock-up. Oh yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Let's just take a pause. <laughs> so Jason owns a red 93 Cobra that he has in his shop that he uses to mock up parts. Just so everyone knows. Sad. <laughs> Dude, it's like my, uh, my daughter remembers when I, I, you know, the car runs, like I can drive it around. Um, and she's always like, why did you get in the car on the road? And I'm like, well, I got this going on. I got this going on. And she's nine. And she's just like, stop making excuses. Just get the car on the road. Your nine year old's telling you man yeah. up, bro. Yeah. But it is going to be at the, um, uh, car show in Detroit in February, uh, Autorama. So the Detroit Fox body guys invited me to that. So I, I have to get it done. Did you keep a set of wheels for yourself? Yeah, I got actually the wheels I have on the car, the prototype wheels. The uh, which color? A silver? Yeah, it's silver. Yeah. So, I mean, all the photos you see, like, you know, floating around in my car with the wheels, that's the prototype wheels. Um, so, yeah, I, I and I haven't, you know, I have like one or two sets I just kind of keep to the side just in case, like, you know, people damage them and then I, I have something for them. But, uh, yeah, and then eventually I'm going to be switching to five lug with independent rear suspension and all that. So that's one of the reasons I did the IRS wheel um, for my car. But um, we're we're going to go back to this. Um, so we're, we're going to go. We're going to go back to. <coughs> I want to go back to um, people thinking that this company is big because yeah. I actually I actually thought you were a lot like the comp. Not you. I, I try not to say this without insulting you, but there's no other way to do it, right? Like okay. I had a perception like Makers was like a much bigger company because your packaging is great. The product's great. Like I thought it was more than just you, dude. Like I, what I really hit me was Carlisle when I saw you, 
<laughs> I know where you're going with this. <laughs> so we run into Jason at Carlisle, John. And uh, he's riding his bike through whatever, the show field. Yeah. I bumped into him, started talking about, oh, where are you staying? What hotel? Uh, I'm not staying at a hotel. Where are you staying? Uh, I'm going to sleep in the back of the van. I'm like, you're sleeping in the van, dude. Yeah. So what I'm talking about. He drives from Detroit to PA to do this show. And you kind of got screwed on your spot, bro. Like he was. That was, like, that was the second time, though, because every time I went there, they always put me in the swap meet. And this time, this year, they said, hey, Ford backed out. We got this great spot. This was a Ford spot. I'm like, oh, cool. That's that's good. And I get there and I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. So we get there, John. <laughs> and it's like Jason's nice booth, his beautiful wheels, all his splitters, everything's beautiful. To the left of him was like the bus that was next to me. You remember that? <laughs> yeah, it's like a swap meet bus, right? Like they oh just throw God. the parts in, dude. They get there and everything comes out on the tarps or whatever. And then to the yeah. right was like it was like the swap meet guy that like you don't want to stop at with like the old like wood hand saws and shit. You know, you know that dude, Jason. Yeah. Like yeah. But long story short, that's when I realized really when it was like wow, like, this dude's doing this shit all by himself. Like, I was shocked, honestly. Like, that's when it really hit me, like, yeah, how I think much it's work. the first time we met in person, too. No, no, I met you. We met at Chocolate Fox. That's right. But yeah. that was the first weeks, time we... Yeah, it was like two weeks apart, though, I think, right? Yeah, we spent, like, a lot of time together there. And yeah. I was like, that's well, when it really hit me, like, that you're doing I mean, all that this year shit. at Carlisle, I actually sat in the, slept in the back of the van. The last time I went to Carlisle... I didn't have room to sleep in the back of the van. So I slept across the uh, the seats. Now, I'm only 5'6". So, <laughs> I'm a little guy. <laughs> you say you were 5'6"? Yeah, yeah, 5'6". So it helped. No. Um, so I can fit in tight places. Um, but, yeah, I mean, almost every single car show I've ever gone to, I've slept in a van or, in, like, in a car or something like that. Because I didn't have the money. And every car show I've ever gone to, like, I broke even or lost money. And that was cool. It wasn't about the money. It was about, hey, I didn't know you existed. That's why I went to these car shows. So it was just, you know, conscious of cost. Um, but I was saying the past two car shows, I finally like said, you know what? I'll be 40. Let me like rent the place. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and the wheels have really helped the business. Like, you know, I'm not going to lie about that. It's, it's helped quite a bit. So the past two car shows, I was like, you know what? I still didn't splurge. You know, I still found the cheapest place down the street I could find. But um, but yeah, I didn't mind sleeping in the back of the van. Like I'm a hiker and camper. I you know, do a lot of tent camping and backpacking. So it was like, I had all my gear. Bro, you look like shit the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> John, we roll up, me and Mike roll up and we're like, yo, like, he's like, you, you, you mind, you mind, uh, watching the, the booth for me for a couple of minutes. I'm going to go brush my teeth. Well, dude, I, took, I took a hooker shower and uh, <laughs> <Yeah. piled laughs> in the sink with soap and like, <laughs> like oh bro, God. you looked written hard to put away wet. No joke. Oh yeah. But it's like, oh. and the biggest thing about their shows, you know, it's probably why I look this way. It's like, you know, I'm typically like, you know, if we want to use like words like introvert and extrovert, I'm definitely more introvert. Like I, I like, I need my time and need my, like, to be by myself but when i'm at their shows like i don't want to say i turn it on it's not me being fake it's who i really am but by the end of their shows i got a migraine i'm dehydrated i'm you know i'm just burned out yeah. right because i'm like constantly on and that's not my personality but i love it so much that i want to be on so yeah every day i you know get in the van 
tons of water, tons of Excedrin. You know, it's kind of my thing. So barely make it home. Popping my pills. <laughs> what shows? What shows are you going to this year? Uh, definitely Fox Fest. I mean, it's right locally. You know, I think it's it's gonna be an incredible show. And um, I know some people kind of involved in it, and I, I know some of the ideas they want to do with it. And I think there's some special things that they're gonna do. Um, the biggest reason I'm going is to support the people, but it's close. You know, I can drive home in that night. Yeah, um, dude, that's the nicest thing when they're like two hours away. Yeah, Fox, um, Fox Fest, it's a great show. Chocolate Fox is a really great show, too. Anything I think they just, south? How far south? Well, I mean, you know, you got some Kentucky right there. and was in Kentucky. Which shows are they? You've got Holly Ford Fest. Yeah, I... Yeah, I didn't. I did eight shows last year. Yeah. So I think yeah, I got. I, I got to really. I honestly have not fully planned the year out yet. You got Ford Takeover. Yeah, that's a good show. We're, that's in Tennessee, right? Yeah. Okay. Jackson. Yeah, I mean, I definitely could say the ones I know I'm 100% going to are Carlisle, Fox Fest, Ford, or um, Fox Fest, um, Carlisle. I already said that one. Um, I'll probably do Mustang Week. I'm curious to see what that how that looks this year with the change. Yeah. I'm pretty excited to hear that. But I definitely want to do pits. Um, that's something I hear a lot of great feedback from. I met the owners when I think of his down at uh, Foxtoberfest. So I definitely want to try to hit them all. But it, you know, it's it's a challenge. I mean, right now I do have the full time day job still, and that's that's a tricky one to navigate throughout the week because you know for some reason. <laughs> You know, a lot of people in my company decided to tell everyone I have this business. Oh. So it, it's kind of like, you know, what's Jason doing? Where's he at? You know, why can't I get a hold of him? So it's constantly like navigating that a little bit. That's been, that's tricky, you know. Yeah. Um, does, does Makers inter, like get in the way of it? No, it does not. I'm a great employee. I do everything best. Okay. <laughs> Cases, I get it. <laughs> Not a liberty to discuss that at right now. <laughs> right. I don't know everyone in the Fox community. <laughs> right on. Right on. Yeah, Actually, sure. some of the guys there are um I think there's two engineers that are Fox Body guys. Really? Company yeah. and I reached out to me like, hey man, do you work for uh, my, you know com-? so I, my company I work for is Harman International, which is Harman Kardon, JBL, Mark Levinson, all the big audio brands. Um, I handle the automotive design side, so like all the consumer electronic shows. So like, like you do like design speakers, bro. Um, I have, yeah, I've actually done some speakers, but my primary uh, role with that company is all the cars that go to the consumer electronic show, like all the interiors being redone. If they're doing anything with exteriors, like that's my job. Um, and I'm pretty much—I don't want to say I'm the sole designer on that stuff, but uh, heavily involved. So, you know, the last quarter of you know the years. You know, I'm slammed, you know, 60 hours a week with that stuff. So 60 hours a week with your normal job and how many hours with makers? Ooh, I mean, typically I do 40 plus, you know, a week with makers. Wow. Yeah, yeah I get burned out a lot. <laughs> Dude, I, I know the But I love it. I can't stop. Like, I just, you know, there's days where I'm just like, oh, what the heck am I doing? But, with you know, but um, I love it. I wouldn't change it, you know, like, it's fun. Is the whole one day just to be makers? Yes. And that's, there's a plan in place for that. Nice. Yeah. And there's, there's a plan to take the company to, you know, particular level that I want to take it. I just, you know, I want to always continue doing the Mustang parts, but 
you know, there's a lot of been really cool symbiotic relationships that have grown from doing the Mustang parts. You know, like the, the beauty of doing the Mustang parts is like, I learned a lot of processes and procedures. I learned a lot of like manufacturing techniques and I've met a lot of really cool people in the industry that I admired when I was like eight years old and I'm friends with them. Um, and then because of what I've done, it's given me a ton of opportunities with design work and some manufacturing work and things like that. So there's a lot of cool things that behind the scenes that no one ever gets to see. So it's not just the Mustang stuff, it's the design uh, consultancy and it's, and now I'm moving into manufacturing because I just bought all the equipment to do all the ABS manufacturing in-house. Um, cool. So, yeah. yeah it's, I'm you, pretty, said, you, you said a minute ago that, that you were interior design pretty much like on a lot of cars. Yeah. So it's for Harman, it's, you know, we're not designing new cars or taking existing cars and redoing the interiors to house our technology. So if we want to do different displays and things like that, because we're also owned by Samsung. Um, and then we'll do stuff on the exterior. Um, my background when I worked in the OEM, so Ford was interior design. So I, I, hold up a second. Yeah. Uh, Am I losing you here? <laughs> so, John, really, it's confused really easy, bro. Really easy. I could confuse people side, really okay? easy. So, <laughs> not, doesn't work that fast, okay? So, Say like a three-syllable uh, word, he's fucking done. Well, no, I, I'm, fixing to, I'm fixing to bust somebody's chops because <laughs> all right, all right. why have you not done something to fuck out the interior and design wow. some cool shit for us? I have a – well, I'll tell you this. Um, I don't know yet. <laughs> um <laughs> Actually, <laughs> no, don't take the cheap way out and start on the I don't know. I, mean, yeah. I guess, like, you know, look at it. Look at it. He's, he's fucking, he's yeah. fucking, look at him. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, okay. I have a list in a list of don't be a parts. bitch. <laughs> I just—I I love it. Now. Hey, Tom, we'll, we'll discuss this later in the podcast. Okay. I have a—I have a gift for you, and I think you'll love it. And I'm gonna post it the day this launches. I'll, I'll get that in a minute. Awesome. <laughs> so call me a bitch all you want. <laughs> we'll see how whiny you are when I post this image. Um, <laughs> oh, I can't wait now. I—I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> So, um, yeah, good question. I think it's just impact. Like, you know, when I start, you know, you know, kind of jumped all over the place, but, you know, when I worked at Ford, there's a lot of, I don't say there's a lot of, well, there's a lot of downtime in between projects waiting for management to have, you know, input. So either designers are on Craigslist or they're getting coffee or they're doing other things. And I got to a point where I was like, look, I was working on the S550 Mustang back then in uh, 2015. I was taking some of the styling cues from that car. Um, the exterior styling cues and put it on a Fox body. And that's the first images I put on Instagram. So that's where all the attention was. Yeah. So I figured, hey, all the attention's around this. Why try to do something else when people are you know, pumped about this? But interior stuff, I mean, I have, a, I have a decent amount of interior stuff that I'm working on. It's just, you know, I'm not, the biggest challenge with what I do and my like scatterbrainedness is that I'm not just making this, you know, just wheels, right? And I'm an expert in wheels. It's like, now I'm trying to do carbon. I'm trying to do trying to do wheels. I'm trying to do multi-assembly door handles. You know, uh, interior parts where there could be you know sheet metal stamped and then wrapped in you know material. So it's like I know a lot, but I don't know everything when it comes to manufacturing. So it's sometimes it's you hit these roadblocks until you learn or you meet someone that can help you take to the next level. Like like I'll give you an example with the door handles. Like 
one of the part of the reasons I haven't got to where I want is because I had a certain process that I wanted to use to make them. And I could not get a company to call me back. They're like, just you know, your volumes are too low. Well, I've gotten to know, um, you know, a veteran in the Mustang parts business who lives in Detroit. And he's like, oh, I'll just let's hop in the truck. We'll go and look, I'll introduce you to my supplier in Detroit. He's like, I make 98% of my parts in Michigan. I'm like, what? Like, no one calls me back. So, um, so it's kind of like that. That's probably why I'm done interior stuff is because it's a lot of it's like, you know, have these big grandiose ideas, but then I hit walls. Like people don't take you seriously. Like, oh, yeah. Because like the, because I mean, I'm not, numbers. I'm not 5,000 parts. Yeah, I'm hundreds right. of parts. And, you know, the wheels are a little different, but, um, but even the wheels that sets, you know, that's how I look at it. But, um. And thank God I had to pre-order customers with that. But the other stuff, you know, it's like hundreds. It's not thousands or five hundred, five or six thousand. So yeah, you get a lot of like, you know, don't yeah, we don't do that. Hey Jason, quick question: With you bringing that ABS manufacturing in house, will that allow you to make more parts that you want to make? Oh yeah, awesome. Yeah. So you can make like a four eye splitter. I can do it all. <laughs> He's like, I, hey, I am. Actually, they just sent me a photo. They finished the um, the equipment yesterday, and they just sent me a photo about two hours ago because the company that makes the equipment's in California. So, anything that uses that process, I can pretty much I can make in house. That's awesome, man. So, I mean, and the cool thing is, I'm not, you know, it, I'm actually switching from ABS to a plastic called TPO, which is what you Mustang. So, ABS is cool. I mean, it. It's easy to paint, but there's nothing wrong with ABS. It's just, it's not really the best material for that application because of where it is on the car. Or TPO is like what you see in like a new Mustang. So if it hits a curb, yeah, it's going to get scuffed up as plastic, but it's not going to crack. So now I'm going to be switching everything over to TPO plastic, and then I can do side splitters and anything along those lines that fit that that, that process. Excuse me. Hell yeah. So now I got to figure out how to manufacture. Which, uh, so, really, it's like, yeah, I tell people, I'm like, yeah, hold on, hold on, I'm getting the equipment. Oh, so you have them right away? I'm like, yeah, let me, let me figure this thing out, man. Yeah, then you got to <laughs> learn. Then you got to learn it, right? Yeah, I mean, I bought this huge piece of equipment that's bigger than a car. And I'm like, does that, does that company what offer? What am I going to like, do? <laughs> like some companies offer, like if you buy a piece of equipment to send out someone to train you on it, do they do anything like that? Yeah, I can fly out to California. And I, I, probably, I probably will. Yeah, yeah, it's probably smart, right? Yeah, and then there's some other equipment that I need to really make the process efficient, but that's even more money. So I have uh, my carbon supplier is going to do some of the trimming of the parts for me with his five-axis mill, and so it's you know it's it's a little bit of a learning curve, and you know I don't I don't want to say band-aid, yeah, you know it's like I have half of the process in house, and then I got to take all the other stuff to another location and have it done and stuff, but. So if you want, if you wanted to like make yourself like a one-off custom piece, like you can make yourself a one-off custom piece now. That's sick, dude. Yeah. I mean, it's still expensive even for me. Right. You know, and cause tooling is tooling. It's tooling is the same cost to make one part or yeah. 600 parts. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, if I, you, you know, gotta make the tool do what you need it to do and that's what costs the money. Yeah. I mean, that's cause it's an, it's an initial investment. Like, are you even going to get it back? Right. Yeah, so right. how, how much is tooling for like, like a splitter like i'll just ask you like how much yeah it, it ranges i mean a tooling so for
for a vacuum pouring part, like in the United States, uh, tooling can, for aluminum tool, it can be like 15,000, 16,000. Shit. Cool? <laughs> Tom said shit. <laughs> I do want to talk. That was like sticker shot. We, See that? <laughs> we should talk so, wheels next then. <laughs> all right. Now I'm curious. How much, how much is a tooling for wheels? Uh, 40,000 plus, you know, depending on. Yeah. So damn, bro. So you got to lay out 40 K to get the, the tooling for the wheels we made before you even sell a wheel. That's yeah, for yeah. one design. Yeah. One design, yeah. right. Now, given my wheels are directional, so I had two molds, right? Right. Um, but then there's the, the tooling for the center cap as well. Because that's so, an additional tooling there. So, it. I mean, it was like buying a the whole project was buying like, you know, a, a nice house in, I don't know, Maryland. I'm just saying that because I'm here right now. You know, so yeah, but dude, dude, that's take some balls, bro, to lay out that kind well, of money. Well, you know, I was scared shitless. <clears throat> that's why, um, that's why it took four or five years. I went to one supplier. Um, well, actually, I wanted them to be forged, if you guys remember that. And then I met some really cool people. A guy named Ron Ball. His Instagram is seven seven style or something. Uh, he worked. He, he worked for Forgiato, and now he's um. He's at Pro Wheels or Wheel Pros. Um, and I remember he, earlier on, he's a Fox Body guy. He has like that Japanese inspired Fox yeah, Body. Yeah, I talked to him before. Great, great human being. I mean, he, he he reached out to me early on when I started the company. And um, he got me interviews with like Forge Wheel Companies in the United States. And, um, <coughs> excuse me, throat's right now. And uh, he was like, man, these, these wheels should not be forged. So then I started working with other companies and I got sticker shock all the time, terrified. So did you just, just save and save and save from your normal job to come up with the money to do that? Um, a little bit of it. Yeah, you know, I put in a decent amount of my own money in it. But just a pre-order. Without Shit. that, I would have would have died. <laughs> Bro, it's fucking scary, <laughs> man. I don't know if I could do that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, I mean the pre-order, like it got to the point where I'm like, you know, I got to stop talking about this project. I just got to do it. So I was like, hey, let me do the pre-order and let's see how it goes. And I did 50 orders in two days. Wow. I bet that was probably a little bit of a confidence builder. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, it was. But then I was terrified because I have all this money. So do you and keep like, up with, like, how many orders of each thing that you've already sold on? on like yeah, splitters? I have a system that keeps track of that. How many splitters you sold? Um, off the top of my head, I honestly don't know about that. I Rough know, the, I know the percentage of them, like, you know, like carbon fiber to, um, ABS on the LX, it's 50, 50. Um, really? Carbon, I, I'm surprised carbon, about that. But carbon fiber on the GT, you know, 95, five. So 95% ABS, 5% carbon. Huge difference in price too. Yeah. 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 Um, wheels, I think I'm at like 190 sets. Nice. How many did you have made? Uh, 1,100 wheels were made. 1,100 sets or wheels? Wheels. So what's that? Someone do the math that's smarter than me. 500 so 550 sets. 550? Yeah. Couldn't do that that fast, could you, Tom? 
I'm dude. <laughs> I don't you know it. It's, my my it's not that I couldn't. I was shocked that you did. Honestly, yeah. shocked. The math is my thing, dude. <laughs> I guess it is. <laughs> That's my jam. <laughs> One little Debbie, two little Debbie. That's exactly right, dude. Oh, Speaking of little Debbie's, Jason, do you like little Debbie's, dude? Tasty cake. Tasty cake? Okay, so which one? Um, The butterscotch. Okay. And the candy cakes. And I can't say I've had them for almost 16 years. <laughs> you know, it's been like forever. I, I pegged Jason. Not, like, are you I like – like I, I live in Michigan. I live in Michigan. Am I a health person? Yeah, like a healthy eater. I mean, I'm decent. I'm, I'm conscious of it, but you know, how much you weigh? <laughs> oh Jesus! Hold on, let's get some. Not a damn woman. It's a dude. How much you weigh? Let's get don't some context here. I'm five six, right? Okay, five six, one twenty. Uh, one twenty, bro. He's not a woman. I'm one fifty six right now. The most I've ever, okay, most so I've ever been was like one. Seventy-five when I was looking like that's the size of my son. That's about what he is. He's, well, he's five seven, five eight. Weighs yeah. one fifty, one fifty-five. Something. Yeah, I like mean, that. I'm conscious of it because, like, you know, it's more. It's not about being a certain look. It's about feeling a certain way. You don't want to be wear, wearing your knees out, right? Like me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm yeah, almost I'm, six one three. I'm, I'm better for the world, right? I'm better for the environment. I take up less materials. You know, I'm more sustainable as a human. <laughs> you know. <it's, laughs> Are you saying I'm not sustainable? You, you, you can take it how you want, man. <laughs> there you go. I mean, <laughs> you can fit. In, hey, you could fit two of you in my in my blue jeans, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm like a square though, right? I'm like 50 50. Like my legs are the same as my torso. Okay. So I'm, like, I'm a I'm a 30-28. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah John, is. how much you weigh, bro? 315 right now. I've lost 15 pounds. How, how tall are you? 6'1". What size your shoe? Uh, which brand? <laughs> Just tell me your goddamn <laughs> shoe size. So, so in Nike's, I wear an 11. In, and and this is this is this will be what what's crazy. Yo, he so, told me he wears a size nine before, bro. In some so, shoes, I wear a size nine. That ain't no joke. Man, that's a small shoe for a big guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So learned when, a lot about <laughs> when I graduated high school, every pair of shoes I ever had was a size eight. I got little bitty feet. <laughs> got little bitty feet. But I'm hey, I'm agile. I can get that proportion, right? Small objects appear big. <laughs> yeah, you would have thought I'd have had some damn long ass toes or some shit to tote this belly of mine around. You know how I even found that out, dude? We were talking. I don't even know what the hell we were talking about one time. We were talking about like the way people dress or something. And John's like, oh, I love me some Chuck Taylors and Dickies. I'm like, so get Chuck Taylors and Dickies, bro. I don't know what to say. <laughs> He's like, I can't. I got these little size nine feet. I look fucking stupid. That's how whole thing. I look <laughs> stupid in a, set, in a, in a, in a pair of Chuckies, man. <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's the, the pants, you know, because when, you, when you're my size, yeah. you, have, you know, I wear like a, you know, a 42, 30. Well, the leg on a 4230 is like the size of a freaking hat. You know what I'm saying? Like they're big, you know, at the bottom. Mm -hmm. So if you put a size nine shoe underneath that damn bell bottom bottom, you're not even going to be able to see my shoes when I'm walking. Or they'll funny be enough, funny enough. Dude, funny I can just enough. see the memes right now. Monday's going to be so fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
this, this is just us talking. No one else is paying attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one else. We're just hanging out in the garage right now. So, like, short guys have the same problem with the opposite. Like, we can't just, like, there's no pants that fit me at the store. Yeah. I have to order them online because I'm like, <laughs> so it's like, it's similar but different, you know? Yeah, my, my, oh my, my son goes through the exact Tom's same like thing. Like your head <laughs> exact same thing. <laughs> no, it'd be nice to be built like Tom, wouldn't it? Just be, you know, six foot, 155, 160 pounds, soaking ass wet with a damn mohawk. No, I'm more than that. I know you're not. Yes, I am. I'm six yeah, foot even. I weigh 178. 178? Yeah. Okay. But I got a skinny ass waist. So, like, yeah. I'm tall, but like, I wear like a 32, 34. See, that's, that's not, not easy to find. That's not fair. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's common down here. Shit, every damn store I go to is a 32, 34 pant. Yeah. <laughs> there, there you there is a, mail you some? There is no yeah. 30, 30, 28s in a store. No. Nah, wait, wait, wait. Hey, that's where you are, 3028. Oh, yeah. My waist is wild. <laughs> like, I'm 42 30s. I'll send you some of my wife's old pants, bro. <laughs> hey, hey, mom jeans are in now, man. <laughs> I'm only fucking with you. I'll wear them for the next show. I'll be like, yeah. Well, listen, I, I know you've been paying attention to the pod, so we've kind of transitioned into some fun times on yeah. some of these episodes. So uh, I know you listened to Caleb's. We did a what I called a rapid 10. So I've kind of, you know, oh, we've, we've kind of, <laughs> do what? So shit. You oh shit. Yeah. 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 My brain yeah. doesn't work that fast. I've got, I've got you one. Okay. So, uh, but, but here's the thing. Okay. So it's not, I'm, I'm not going to do a, a fast 10 anymore. Okay. So it's not going to be just a, you know, a bunch of questioning. There's going to be a little story behind this. And what I've called this is, is a day in a life of Jason from Maker's Garage, okay, in the 90s. It's like 11th grade English right now. Yeah, right on. So <laughs> I, can imagine when, I can only imagine what this is going to be. So here you go, okay, buddy? So listen, you, you have to give me a rapid answer. You can't just <laughs> sit and ponder on what's best or, or you can't. You can't give me a rebuttal, okay? Is this like Cards Against Humanity kind of thing? Like, yeah. yeah, it's not as gruesome or not as, you know, not, not that bad, so to speak. But uh, we we all know this is not true, okay? So none of the answers have to be a, a true definitive answer, okay? okay? So uh, because I don't know a whole lot about you, you know, I'm starting to learn a little bit. So, all right. So let's think about it like this. You wake up on a Friday morning to start your day, okay, in the 90s. You jump in the shower, and you're completely out of soap. Are you using your mama's caress bar soap, or are you going to use your sister's bath and body cucumber melon? Why do I have a sister? Rapid. It's not. It's, it's fictional. I'll use the melon. <laughs> okay, so you're using the cucumber melon? All right, so now you've got out of shower. Or shampoo. Sissy smell. So you're going to throw on some cologne. Is it going to be Dracar Noir or is it going to be Stetson? I'm fucking dying over here. <laughs> Rapid, come on now. Dracar Stetson. or Stetson? I don't, I don't even, Stetson. I don't even know what it is. But... <laughs> you don't know what Stetson is? I wore ju juke back in the day. Juke. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that shit. I still have a bottle. What are you talking about? I put it on two weeks ago. All right. So now you're getting dressed, all right? 
So you're going to go out in your MC Hammer parachute pants, or are you going to wear your black Michael Jackson zipper britches? Uh, parachute pants. Parachute pants. Rock on, dude. Rock skids. On. Skids. Uh, I fuck. Whoa. Pause. Yo, he told me he was going to ask you about parachute pants. I said skids. He goes, what the fuck skids? We didn't have. I never heard no skids. Oh man. How do you not yeah, know what skids? I didn't know what skids were. I just knew parachute pants. I had to just throw that out there that John that John had no clue. Go. I had no idea. Go no out, idea. go out with your nonsense, John. <laughs> <laughs> so now hey, now you gotta go get some groceries to eat, okay? So you're sitting in the kitchen and there's nothing. Nothing but bread and some canned meats. Are you eating a spam sandwich or are you gonna eat a potted meat sandwich? Deviled meat, in other words. You don't even uh, know what that is. Spam. Spam? Okay. All right. Time to go driving. All right. So you're fixed to get in somebody's car. Are you going to take your mom's hand-me-down minivan, Dodge Caravan, 85 model, or are you going to drive your dad's Chrysler Imperial, 92 model? Imperial. The Imperial? Dodge. Tom said you'd say that one. All right, so jamming time. We're listening to the radio yeah. on that seat on that sweet stock system in that Imperial. Are you listening to New Kids on the Blocks, Valentine Girl, or Reba McIntyre's Fancy? <laughs> Fast, Reba. <laughs> oh, if he said if he said the other one, I was disconnected. This whole shit. <laughs> <laughs> all right so you may be wondering what I thought you were gonna say like robin, robin or something from back then do what robin remember robin yeah 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 uh, so now you're in your car or you're in the in in the in the wagon in, in the car for for riding around and you're wondering where in the hell you're going okay so you're actually going to look at your first fox body something you've always wanted when you pull in the driveway it is everything you ever wanted okay does it have on cheese graters Tail lights, or does it have a set of LX tail lights with GTS covers screwed on? Uh, GT tail lights, just the cheese graders. Gotcha. Heck yeah. Does it have a saline wing or Cervini's stack wing? I'll take a saline wing over underglows any day. <laughs> so my my saline wing time is underglows. What about it? <laughs> My saline wing is underglows. Does it? No, no, no like said his saline wing is underglows. Is underglows? Yeah. Okay. So that's that's he, he if he's going to pick his poison, it's going to be saline wings and not underglows. Because really? if if it's a GT, right? If it's GT taillights, a saline wing on a GT, proportionally yeah. looks so much. It looks fine. Well, it looks good. Yeah, yeah. I give you that. LX is you know proportionally yeah. maybe not as well, but on a GT. Yeah. I don't know about all I that. To, I happen to lock you know, The funniest thing about that yeah, whole yeah. thing that you just did with your fast 10 or whatever that was. I'm not done yet. Well, okay, finish. And then I'll. <laughs> I think we're at fast eight right now. <laughs> what? I think we're at fast eight. Yeah, you got a fast eight, dude. So now you've gotten back home and you head to your bedroom. You open that door on the bed. Do you have a Rugrats comforter or a Pokemon comforter? 
You said Rugrats? Yeah. Or Rugrats. Pokemon. I'll do Rugrats. Oh, okay. my God. <laughs> All right. So you lay down on the bed, and you look at just feet in front of your bed there, a couple feet. There's your favorite poster of your favorite supermodel hanging on the wall. Is it Tyra Banks or Claudia Schiffer? You know, I'll say Tyra Banks because I had the Tyra Banks Sports Illustrated in my Hell room. Oh, yeah. Years. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. I yeah. love that illustrated. I loved it. You know what that, that year? Yep. Yeah. That was great. Sure do. I, had I also had um, Go ahead. Uh, uh, Shania Twain, like full size cut out of my room. You did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's, she's still beautiful, you know? Yeah. Were we just talking about her? Yeah. Yeah. We were, right? With Harris. Yeah. 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 I think we did. Yep. The funniest thing about that whole thing, John, was look at Jason's face like, what? Fuck is going Yo, on right what, now? I get, what, we, what have I got into? What the hell? I was just looking for some better answers. <laughs> like maybe like three, you know? Like there's not gonna be a good answer. I mean, I mean you it's gotta like, be you went like bookends there. <laughs> gotta be. Jason's like, what the fuck is happening to me right now? <laughs> Tomorrow the maker's brand will be like like, like a balloon a pop flying away. You're like, oh, uh, nah, some, I'm I'm quite certain you'll have a little bit of humility in <laughs> nothing major. I mean, like I don't care what people. I mean, I'm just this is who I am, you know. <laughs> right on, right on. You know what? Though? So speaking of the Baker's brand, we'll get back to that a little bit. Yeah. I can like, do this all night, guys. So I mean, we, so, we, where? So hold on, John. You can have your turn. Okay. You guys, it's, I would say you guys funny. It's like watching sometimes, like, like listen to a married couple. You guys are always like, are we talking to each other? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He needs to. So I want to ask him, like, like where does he, where does he, by the end of 2023, like, hope the Maker's brand is? Like, where do you, where do you, where would you hope to see it at by the end of this year? Oh, yeah. I know exactly where I want it. Um, uh, definitely a lot of my in house manufacturing is in house. So, like, building out, the maker's garage brand, the product portfolio of the company, and then building out the design house of the company. Um, and then ramping up the manufacturing, right? So like all the manufacturing, we, all the equipment I do building, having all that equipment. So then we can start manufacturing all the equipment, the products that I have lined up to do. So really just like build it, you know, and right now it's me, right. And like having more of a, we, so like having one or two people in house that can help me with the project. So set, set yourself up, get another couple people to help you out, yeah. set yourself up where you could do the design. Yeah. Like systems and procedures, you know, by the end of the year, be able to like produce your own product to, yeah. to a certain extent. Yeah. Not everything, but most of it. And just yeah. you know, more of a cohesive, you know, nothing. Ex- I mean, yeah, you'll, people see this stuff. They'll feel it externally more than they'll see it, but like you know, better systems and procedures. So like, products are shipped faster and more on a timely matter and customer service is better. So it's just trying to just better foundation really. Right. So one last question, then John could ask whatever the hell he was going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm old. I may have already forgot it. So, um, what, uh, this is kind of, uh, what do you think that you bring to the Fox body community that other parts manufacturers do not? Hands down, my experience in OEM with that mindset. Because um, it's, you know, it's one thing, you know, I think what everyone's doing is great. And I'm, I'm glad they're out there because I love the competition because it keeps me hungry. Um, but having that OEM background and understanding 
you know, what I learned from working at Ford, it, 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 I think it brings a low, another level to the product that it, maybe some others don't like even with these door handles, you know, some of the testing I'm doing on these door handles, that's part of it. Right. I can't say everyone's doing testing. Um, there are certain uh, requirements that Ford had for, there's, a, there's actually a, glove, a test called the glove test. Can you operate things with a glove? You know, say you're in Texas, you have a big leather glove for working on something or say you're, at a track and you have gloves for racing or say it's cold and you do drive your Fox body in the winter. Can you operate all these things with gloves? So that's a test that I do. So there, I bring that kind of mindset. So it's not, it's not always, you know, does it, you know, what's the price on this thing? It's you know, that matters, but it's, can you live with this part every single day? Like I want people to put parts on their cars and almost forget they're even there yeah. right. because they, they just, they can live with them. I mean, how I'm the, you know, I'm the product of, you know, buying parts and I'm like, oh, that looks cool. Or this works cool. Or give me this horsepower. But then it's like, the car's just not, you can't just hop it and drive away, you know? So that's, to me, that's what I bring. It's just, you know, that, that OEM experience. I mean, which if I didn't have it, I'd probably be doing the same thing that everyone's doing. But that's, I would say that's the number one differentiator. That's that's a solid answer, man. It's because I, and plus I like I like how you do it with the OEM. I call it OEM plus, right? Like that's my vibe. Yeah, I think that's cool. Yeah, yeah. like hidden in plain sight kind of stuff. Like I love that that vibe. That's what I love about your stuff personally. That's yeah. why I'm gonna wait for your door handles. Nothing against LMR, but no, personally. yeah. I mean, it's like the reason I won't do flush is because I understand stack up of tolerances and manufacturing, right? Especially these cars. I mean, these cars are <laughs> they're all over the place. So when you do something that's meant to be flush, it's never going to be flush in all these cars. I mean, it's plus or minus, you know, millimeters in some cases, even on production cars, like current production cars. So that's why you always do stuff sub-flush or slightly proud because you want to, and you intentionally design it to have that flush or sub-flush or proud look. Actually, sometimes even a little bit more exaggerated. So that way, if there is a stack of tolerance, it always is going to appear sub-flush or proud. You try to do flush, which is nominal, right? You're going to get that variation. And in some cars, it's proud. Sometimes it's flush. Sometimes it's sub-flush. So and it's just like that, I understand this stuff from, you know. And that's probably why we're seeing some happy customers and some not-so-happy customers. For sure, yeah. Yeah, right. For sure, yeah. And it's, 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 I mean, these cars are, even when I scan these cars and I mirror the scan data in the computer, I mean, it's, it's not close. You mean like from bumper to bumper? door to door like whatever whatever part may be so like a new car right like you know when we were working on like s550 or um i worked on like current well not current but two generations ago uh um expedition interior right two generations ago i did all the center console for the expedition the e-shifter and all that and like a lot of stuff all you do in cad is you just mirror it it's it's you know it's exactly a hundred percent same part from left to right our cars aren't that, you know, they're, they had to be like transferred manually from left to right. And there's just a lot of tolerance stack up in that. Mm. So the technology so. wasn't there back then to do it that way. Is that what it was? No, it, I mean, not even close. I mean, they're, yeah, yeah not even close. I'll, I'll, I'll just leave it as that, but there was CAD data. So there is, this is crazy to say this, but there is CAD data of the Fox body. Mustang. Oh, wow. That's but cool. it's not CAD data that, 
we would all know today. There's a system called G. Oh, screw this up, like GPDS or something like that through Ford. It was a Ford proprietary CAD system, and you can you can Google this stuff too. It's there's some videos on YouTube. I think there's a, 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 a video on YouTube of the SN95 where they show the data, and it's like a wireframe, but there's no like surfaces in the CAD data. So I've been trying to get it, but there's only like two people that know how to use the software left. So it's trying to figure that out. So they all <coughs> have all that afford. Oh yeah, there's a huge archive at Ford. Fox bodies, massive archive at Ford. Yeah, CAD was around then. I mean, like very primitive. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I can imagine. So instead of modeling with like sheets of paper, no, that's how I describe what we're doing now. You were um, you were uh, modeling with uh, wire. You know, so it's just okay. the edges, you know, the profiles, you know, not the, the actual surface. Wow, that's but, wild. Yeah, I mean, there's crazy. There's a and I got to see some of the stuff when I worked at Ford. I, you know, I have access to it now, but it's like there's blueprints of like production Fox body stuff. I mean, it's, there's some cool stuff when you get into the system. And, um, you know, every so often they like to clear the system. Um, it's like a process, but man, it's all there. You know, it's like gold. <laughs> well, so I want to go back to your past a little bit. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, you said you had a brother. How, how much older is he than you? Uh, he's four years older than me. Did y'all fight a lot when you were growing up? You know, he's he, he was <laughs> – I would say I fought him a lot. Um, <laughs> I was an obnoxious brat. Like, you know, he's – you know, I always looked up to him, and he was pretty chill, and he's still pretty mellow for the most part. Uh, yeah. Good guy, but I was relentless. You know, I was just being in the back of the car and just slug him in the face. Um <laughs> I used to, this is some cool shit, right? shit. Right. So this is cool shit. So I, I would do stuff like he would get a brand new bike and I would get really mad at him and pick up and throw it in the pool. My parents had a pool. Um, I would sit in the backyard sometimes with a BB gun and shoot through the window into his bedroom and put like, just shoot up his wall. Um, <laughs> I used to put baby powder on all the blades of his ceiling fan. So when he went to bed at night, he hit the remote. Hell yeah, <laughs> I used to tie my parents' door together to his door and then put buckets of water. I mean, I tell you, that. I was, I was really was. So, how yeah. big is he? How big a, bell, how big a boy was he? Um, so, I mean, I'm five, six now. He's five, eight. I mean, he's he's very lean, okay. very, very strong, not lean, but no. He should come back for some revenge or something. Yo, too, the, nice. your mom didn't whoop that ass for the baby powder. That's a good one. Yeah, man, I was a salesman. I could talk my way out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was I was the baby, you know. I was the baby. Oh yeah. my god. Um so like yeah, I don't know if you guys are in like Zodiac stuff or anything, which I never used to be. But like so I'm a Gemini, I'm a May Gemini, which you know, from what I've learned from my personal experience, right? The, the most interesting people that I've ever met. Um, and he's a, he's a cancer and like cancers and Gemini's tend to not like jive well together. <laughs> yeah. So my, my ex-wife is a cancer too. So, but yeah, so I mean, we, but we got along well. I mean, I, I, that's, I mean, you know, we actually, we get along really well now as adults, you know? Okay. Cool. I, I mean, it's just a shitty bratty kid, man. You know, it's just. So when did you, when did you decide like, uh, design was something you wanted to get into? Um, I would say like when all the shows came out and then 
2000s, maybe 90s, 2000s. I mean, like chip foods and all. I didn't even know what car design was, you know. I thought, I think like most people that I know that work in the industry thought they were engineers. Like, no one. What thought. year did you what What year did you graduate high school? 2001. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, <clears throat> like, even when I got into the industry, a lot of people didn't know what car designer was. Everyone, most people even think I'm an engineer still, and I'm not. I'm more of an artist. Um, that understands how to manufacture and design, you know, take it to production. So, but before that, you know, I didn't even know what that was. Like I was, a art, I was a fine artist in high school. So that's kind of my background is fine art. And then um, when I got into cars, I wanted to be a car mechanic. And, and that was it. That's all I wanted to be a car mechanic. And I did, I became a car mechanic and I got into body work. I was a painter, um, did that for about eight or nine years, I think. Um, I mean, even back in the high school, I had work study in a body shop. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was my thing. And like, that's all I wanted to do. And like, I didn't care about anything else. Um, so much so that even in high school, you know, I took algebra two twice because I loved it so much. And, um, that's a joke guys. Yeah. I, I, I always puke in my mouth, to be honest with you. <laughs> and, um, yeah. so, but I nobody remember, loves like, algebra. So like, but I remember like the teacher being like, why are you failing my class? I'm like, I don't get this stuff. I don't care what Sally and Billy are doing walking down the street with two eggs and how many, I don't, I don't care. I didn't see any value in my life with it. But, you know, I think something that kind of you know stuck with me was she would do these like journals. Yeah. You know, do a journal about how math is going to apply to your life. And there was this journal entry that was that. And I, I did this whole thing about building engines like quench, you know, stroke, you know, everything. I just did the whole, I wrote it out. I mean, I was, I never probably put that much work in an essay in my life. <laughs> Even now as an adult. Um, and she's like, how are you failing? And I was like, I don't get this stuff. She's like, this essay is trigonometry and calculus and like physics. I'm like, oh, I'm like I don't know. It's car math. No, it's not. It's real old shit. <laughs> but to me, it was car math, right? And she's yeah, like, right. I just don't understand the application. Like, cause I, at, when I was in high school, I was building engines. So, you know, I, I did it on my own. Like I figured it out, I got manuals and just figured out how to build stuff. And, yeah. and I think my first engine I built by myself is when I was 17. And so then that's, you know, so, cause it's something else that's said to her, and it's kind of ignorant now. I think about it as a thought, but I was like, I don't give a shit about this stuff. I could be a drug dealer and leave school and drop out <laughs> early and become a car mechanic, you know? Like I don't need this stuff, you know. And that in Maryland at the time, you didn't need a license to be a car mechanic. Like you could just or a drug dealer. Or that I knew plenty of them too. But I mean, that's kind of my ignorance. But at the same time, like I was so, so hyper focused on that. And then I did. I was a mechanic, and then ultimately became a body shop manager. By the time I was twenty, and um, I worked in your Pimlico racetrack in Baltimore, and then. Um, and then uh, I worked for a Mustang performance shop for a while. Uh, so we ran like the NMRA circuit. Um, and then ultimately went back to the body shop. And that's when I became the manager of the body shop. And then I had a breathing issue. And in Maryland, I think at the time there's a law, if you're the manager of a you know, facility and there's less than 15 employees and you have to step away for a bit, they can um, not fire you. They can lay you off and bring someone else in until you're better. Well, I mean, that was like, devastating me right it's like I, I worked my entire life you know life up until that point to get to that position I was 20 years old and I was body shop manager and then that was all taken yeah. away from me and I was like what do I do you know like so my friend was like um 
why don't you come work for us? You know, he did HVACR work, so like chillers and rack systems at um, grocery stores. So like, if you ever, yeah. you know anything about all that stuff, so we I mean thousands of pounds of refrigerant. You know, um, you know, over, you know, on night or um, on call overnights, where you're in like northern, you know, Maryland, and get a call from a DC grocery store that someone cut the rack, you know, up on the roof, and thousands of pounds of freon are blown into the sky and. You go to the ice cream. To, this is really depressing. But if you go into the big ice cream freezer, it's going to be negative 15 degrees. It's just like a puddle of ice cream. Oh, so, but, yeah. So I did that for about two years. And um, around that time, I, you know, I met at the time it was my girlfriend and, you know, baby mama, ex-wife, everyone. <laughs> um, and, you know, and she was a she was an artist and designer. Like, how are you making money doing this stuff? You know, like, I, you know, I wanted to be an artist because I mean, like, I've never met anyone like that but doing art and making money. I was like, you know, my, my brain was about to explode. So she went to art school and all that. And <clears throat> even though I liked doing the refrigeration, it wasn't. I liked it because of the mechanical aspect of it. I loved it because of the relationship. And wasn't your passion. No, not at all. I mean, but I, you know, crazy enough, I still use a ton of those skills now. Even when I worked at Ford, when we were working on projects, I'm like, oh, I understand HVAC. I understand how the, the actual chemistry behind how that stuff works. Um, but so she's like, you know, what do you want to do? And, you know, to be fair with her, she hated the on call because it's like, hey, we're going to dinner tonight. Sorry, I got to go to DC, you know. Um, so I was like, I want to be a car designer, but, you know, I'm making really good money right now. And, go back to school at the time the school was 100k for four years and i was like ah, you know i don't know i don't want to be in that debt and things like that and it was getting to the point where it's like i want more so um ultimately the school i went to is a school called college of creative studies in detroit and the, how i found it was it wasn't google it probably wasn't yahoo i don't even know what it was it was something early on and i just searched like design schools and a school in detroit popped up so her and I had to go to a wedding in Columbus, Ohio, and we decided after the wedding to drive straight up to Detroit and check it out. And like, you know, I fell in love with the school. I mean, but it was at the same time, it was like a really scary moment for me. Um, this is really funny, but like when I was younger, I watched this. Uh, I actually, one of the reasons I was terrified to go to design school um, and probably kept pushing it off is because when I was one or younger, I watched a movie where they're at a design school and the students all had to get up and pose, uh, pose naked for a, uh, drawing class. You thought you had to pose naked. I thought I had to always pose naked. I, mean, I, 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 I going to uh, art school. I don't want nobody seeing my small joke. What you talking so, about? So I still didn't know this, though, right? When I went to check out the school and the um, administrator, the you know, the uh, recruiter, or what they call him, was like, "Hey, you know, why don't you check out what this class has going?" I go and there's a dude just spread freaking <laughs> butt naked. I'm like, I'm like, I'm I'm terrified. I'm like, I'm not doing that shit. I'm not like. But I was like, I wanted it so bad. And I, Kelly's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not getting naked by these people. You know, she's like, draw apples, not and, and she's like, you don't have to do that. These are like hired you know, models. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. So, <laughs> you know, so eventually, you know, I, I left my job. And funny enough, when I quit my job. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> going to stop. For a damn second. Yeah, yeah. What do you got? Whoa. Hold, hold up. So. Are you moving the camera closer to your face? <laughs> I, yeah, we got to get serious for a second right now, okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> so you found out you couldn't be, you, you couldn't be the model. 
Well, I didn't want to be the model, John. Well, well <laughs> that's what I was terrified well, about. <laughs> hold, hold up, hold up. So you found out that there were models and you had to draw them? Is that did you I, did you have to do that? Did you uh, sit in the classes and stare at Wanky all day long? Dude, let me tell you, let me, let me, no, no, no. There's actually more women. Did you or did you not stare at a Winky all day long? It's a yes or no answer, Jay. You know, I, I stare at one every day with me. So um I'm not answering your question. No, I did. I did. I still got the drawings too. Not that I keep them on purpose, but I got. I got. I love it. Hey, but John, you know, I, you know, I, I, I kept my distance. You know, I mean, I see how you're getting closer to the camera. I feel like you're getting. He's closer getting to excited, the... Jason. Look how excited he's getting. He's like he signed up for art school five minutes ago. I'm moving around because I'm I'm fat. I'm like a weeble wobble over here. My God, I'm John, you can be a model too, man. Actually, actually, there's two models that they love. They love models that are like really toned and ripped, and they love bigger like people. Fat guys. Because they like shadows. Voluptuous. <laughs> <laughs> highlights, like highlights on form. <laughs> So, but here's some good, here's some good shit, right? So this is one woman. <clears throat> I don't remember her name. I wouldn't say anyway. And I'm drawing him. I had this awesome teacher, um, this guy named Rick. And like, he was intense. He wore this shirt that said, shut up and draw on it. And um, okay, I'm like drawing this woman and she's in this pose kind of laying back and there's like fabric around her. And he comes up, he goes, it doesn't look anything like her. And I'm like, yeah, it does, man. Like, He's like, your arm's not there. And I'm like, it was. It was there like 30 seconds ago. He's like, really? I'm like, trust me. And then someone else started complaining. Dude, she was like high on cocaine. She was passing <laughs> out in the classroom, like fainting. How long, how long did they have to sit there? Uh, some of them sit there for like 40 minutes. Like, it's crazy. Like, they can just hold a pose for that long. There's no way I could sit still for 40 minutes. <laughs> and, and there's no way I could least draw somebody in 40 minutes. Are they at least good to look at? There was one that was cute, and the rest of them are not cute. And actually, the crazy, you know, back to your, your, you know, Peter thing, Peter <laughs> uh, question, and balls and sack. Like, there's this one dude. He was, <laughs> he was like the greatest model ever. And I mean that because he was like, he was actually a theater actor. So he could these like crazy, like, looks on his face and like, you know, put his hands up like they were like, you know, razors and like, and just like, you know, um, claw, like, but, but he was just like, but he would, but he would talk. He was trying to talk to you, have conversations, and everyone's like, "Nah, don't stop, please stop yeah. talking." To me. Don't, <laughs> don't talk to I, me. Don't make eye contact, bro. You were a statue five minutes ago. Shut your mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, but yeah, so I did all that. But I mean, that was just freshman year, and then, um, but then, you know, but then from there on, like CCS got. Uh, I say CCS because that's so short, but it's College for Creative Studies. Um, but then it got intense because the way. The, yeah, I signed up for automotive design. Um, and even getting into the school was intense. Like I, you know, grew up in Maryland, so we I had to do a portfolio review at a location in Pennsylvania. Um, and then when I went there, like that was intense because all these kids are trying to get into school, and the people that were doing the portfolio reviews were like, "You don't have what it takes. Come back next year. You don't have what it takes. Come back next year." And I'm like, "Like, oh my god, I'm not. You know, what am I doing? Like, I'm leaving this career that you know it's it's solid." And then they were like, and I had new cars in my portfolio. I had still life drawings of baseball gloves and lighthouses and stuff like that. That's what I did. Um, and they were like, oh, we love what you're doing. Just keep doing it. And then I got a freaking half ride to the school, which was cool. But that's where the fun ended. Um, so they, about 150, the intensity of the school is 
I'm saying this because it's like I'm trying to bring some like respect and love for like the art and design community because it typically kind of gets shit on sometimes. Like, oh, you're just a stylist. You just make things look pretty. But um, at that college, right, about 100 to 125 people freshman year signed up to be a car designer, uh, do car design program. And then at the end of freshman year, they narrowed down to 30 students. Oh, wow. So, wow. so, so going into sophomore year, you're one of 30. So you made it sophomore year, 30. People. Yeah, to 30. So then, then half the year is autumn interior design, half the year is exterior design. And then at the end of that sophomore year, then they narrowed down to 15. And then you're with those 15 junior and uh, uh, senior year. And then, but mid midterm, uh, yeah, but mid year, uh, sophomore year, I thought I was doing a great job. Like, yeah, you know, I wasn't as good as everyone else. I mean, some of these, I was 24 at the time when I went back to school, and some of these kids were like 18, 19, and they're like, magicians like they were just that uh, talented and a guy named kyle who's my instructor at the time um you know i'm, I'm friends with him now he said to me he's like i don't think you have what it takes you know where you are right now you're not going to make it in and i'm the type of person it's like fuck you you know right. <laughs> like that's just my personality like oh you said i can't do it watch me yeah and um so i just i was relentless and then you know through that you know process and um, and I've thanked him now for telling me that, right. He could have been selfish and like, kind of been like protecting his feelings and not tell me, but he told me, um, even though he knew I was mad at him. Um, and I, I did something with that. And then ultimately I did get into a junior auto. So I was there the, the last two years and got an auto and then, but I mean, like those two years, I mean, like what is good design, right? You know, it's not like you can just, you know, it's not a black and white. It's like, what is good design? Everyone's going to have a different answer. So you get these sponsored programs or Chrysler, GM, Ford, Toyota, Honda would come in and you, they would give you a kind of a brief of a project and you have to design around that brief. And then they come in every so often and it gives you critiques. And I mean, it's brutal critiques. How but, much of that is luck do you think? <clears throat> uh, like being a good designer? Well, their, their take on what you're designing. You know, because I know, I, I know a little, it, probably wasn't the, it probably wasn't the same guy walking into the room. Not every time. Every single yeah. time. So so naturally, you have a specific way that you probably draw something and design something, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So somebody else has a specific way that they do right the opposite of what you're doing. Exactly. It's like saline wings, right? Like, yeah, I exactly. Mean, I'm joking, so one, but it's kind of that thing, right? Yeah. So, so it's kind of like, you know, what do you think? Do you, What's the percentage? Do you think it was like? 80 20 you know 60 40 that they would come in and somebody locked what you were doing versus what somebody else was doing or it's uh, i don't have a percentage it's all over the place it's and that's that's the challenge right you would have some people come in one day and like oh, i love it. it's great yeah and the next day they're like someone else be like that's terrible i wouldn't do that and you're like so yeah, I yeah, the bubble. Yeah. i've spent yeah, the half a semester on this <laughs> Right. So the idea yeah. is just to appeal to the masses. Hopefully, and that's exactly. that's where that's where you grow as a designer. You start to take you out of it. You're always going to be part of your design, but you start to take yourself out of it and design in a way that just experience. And you know, it's just like you kind of right. learn how to. But right. the biggest thing in design school is that you need a good story behind your design. Like they want something that's crazy. It just can't be crazy. You're crazy. It has to be crazy because it solves a problem. You know, like I designed a vehicle sophomore year that was like used uh, in the Himalayas for helping, you know, people in uh, the Himalayas from Nepal, like make more money through tourism. And like this vehicle has to have a certain look. And, it, you know, so I did that. But, yeah, it's all over the place. I mean, 
because you know, I'll, I'll tell you the story in a second when I get there. Um, about a very similar thing. So then, you know, moving forward, um, the next project was Chrysler, and um, I was doing really well. I had I did an interior and an exterior, so I kind of went crazy. I wanted interior to be my thing because that's when interior started becoming important in cars. Um, and so I, I got really good reviews, but then uh, end of junior year, I went to present. It's crazy. This is this is where like how brutal art school is, especially automotive design. Most of us didn't sleep for five days straight. God, I'd die. And we went in. Now, in that time, we're finishing our renderings, we're finishing our clay models, we're painting our clay models, we're doing, we're prepping everything, and and we're getting our presentations. And you know, this is all last minute shit. So then you got to print a board that's like a hundred inches by, I don't know. Remember what they are anymore? Forty-eight inches, and then you got to hope that here's everyone's trying to print at the same place, right? Right. So then you're like trying to get your stuff, and sometimes the ink's too dark. There's a ton going on, but back to kind of what I was, you know, I was talking to you about John. So I went to I I went <laughs> I didn't sleep for five days. I went home, slept for one hour. Never do that. Just stay awake. And I got out of bed. My legs collapsed, and I fell on the floor. And I but I'm like adrenaline's pumping out. I got in the car, drove to school, 25 minutes. And I presented to Chrysler my entire presentation backwards. Literally backwards. Like not, you know, like a script, but you know what I'm saying. Like it was all over the place. Um, way more than this conversation. <laughs> like early, early on. And the, the, the um, I was 28 at that time. I forget the guy's name. Actually, I know, but I'm not going to say it. Looked at, he's a director. They're Executive director or director, VP, I don't know what he was. He looked at me in the face and said, I have no clue what you said, and I don't think you have what it takes to ever be in this industry. Right? Like This is Chrysler. Yeah, I think he was head of Jeep at the time. <clears throat> and I'm like, you know, here I am, didn't sleep for five days. I'm like, I'm out of it already, right? And you yeah. and like I and I've gotten great feedback up until that point, right? From Chrysler designers. So I politely, you know, I just, okay, you know. And one of the designers did step in and goes, hey, Jason hasn't slept for a long time. He's kind of out of it. But, hey, you know, actually, I think he, what, you know, he kind of, like, stood up for me a little bit. So here I am. I walk away. You know, the adrenaline drops. I'm in the bathroom, 20 years old, just fucking bawling. <laughs> you know, because it's like it's just everything that I work for just, like, gone. And yeah. that's. And that's how that industry is. It's brutal. I mean, I've seen before before my time, actually, like the generation right before me, there would be, you know, big companies or head of you know the school would come up to designers and see their work on the wall and rip it off the wall and put it in the ground, stomp on it, and go, "This doesn't reflect our school." I think you should oh, leave. Like, I mean, it's that brutal. Like, and it's it's actually um, there was a study done that going to art school and design school is more intense on your body and your your mental health than going to like Harvard Law. Why do you think right? that is though? Why is it like that? Because what is what is good design? It's subjective. What is good law, right? Law has is to be pushed law. to a certain point. Yeah. But I will say this because of that, you could shit on my stuff all day long, man. People shit on my stuff all day. I, I don't care. It doesn't bother me. Okay. Now, okay. This didn't work. Then what does work? And that's where the beauty in that comes from is that your backbone is I think all these kids should go to art school. Like nowadays because it's like you create this just you start to figure out who you are as a person and you eventually have to learn how to have yourself because if you don't you're going to go effing nuts i mean i had an instructor 
Actually, the instructor that told me I was going to make it sophomore year, now that I know him as a friend, he told me he almost jumped off a bridge when he was in sophomore year and committed suicide because of the same thing. Wow. No so, shit. Yeah. So, so that, you know, we got through junior year, so that was good. Um, and then got into senior year, and that was uh, Ford. That was my Ford project. Uh, actually, no, it wasn't. My GM project. Um, I'm sorry. There was a there was a uh, there was a GM project and a Ford project that was semester year. So GM then Ford, um, and ultimately the last project was with Ford. And um, so then I got to do uh, I don't know what the hell I did for Ford now, but you know I did the project, got to present to them, and then um, you know that that actually went fairly well. And but here's the beauty of that school: so all that hard work, I never applied for one job. Because you just had it when you left. Well, you're constantly presenting to right your yeah. potential, you know, um, bosses. So, right? you, so you did apply for a job. Yeah, but you're not like you know traditional application. Like yeah, they're constantly looking, and they're they're watching you the entire time. Yeah. Right. So then, um, final review senior year, they you know people will come up to you and go you know like our um, uh, job placement team, I forget the uh, career services would come up and go, hey. Ford wants to talk to you. GM wants to talk to you, and then you would go and do you know presentations, right? So, um, what's I that had, one like? Uh, my first one was GM. I was ecstatic and slightly disappointed. Um, <laughs> believe it or not, um, you think I would have been like, "Oh my god, this is the greatest thing." Uh, but then when I got the Ford one, it was like, like there was a gut feeling. I mean, it was just like. Like I made it right, so, um, so from there on out, it, you know, they went to uh, in, uh, interviews. Um, it's not so much true now, but back then, like, sorry, when I interviewed with GM, it was like super corporate. Like, no one smiled. Like, really, just straight late. Like, I mean, it was like I'm in a huge corporate giant right now presenting, and even after I presented, I'm like looking around the room trying to get some feedback. Nothing. It was that like. That's how my job is now. When you yeah. interview at my job, it's seven people interview you. You walk in, sit down. It's like a board. Yep, that's how it was. I went to Ford. <laughs> I call at the time. I call Ford the light blue collar job of design. So, you know, there's a couple, of, you know, really well known names in design sitting there, and I was like, man, this is so cool. You know, I'm at Ford. Yeah, you know, I'm at the original design studio, and I'm presenting, and one guy goes. You're a welder? I'm like, yeah. Hey, I got a 1964 Honda. I need some welding done. You can come around my garage you know, later this week and help me out. Like, this is my interview. And the other <laughs> guy's like, you know, if, those, if we can't get you a job, man, we can get you a job in the shop. Like, you're really talented. You got body work experience. Other guy's like, well, how are you as a clay modeler? And, like, we just talked cars. Right. And HR's like, um, guys, can you get back? We're trying to hire him for a job. Get back on track, guys. And at that point, I'm like, done like this is where i need to be and and it was like that. i i really liked the job i loved the people ford was definitely the light blue collar of design to me um you know ultimately i left because of some political stuff um i just realized at the end of the day you're an employee and they control you and i i don't like that life um but you know while i was there i got to work on some really cool shit i mean i got to work on um the first big project was four tars for china um and then i got to work on uh, expedition uh, interior um some s550 stuff um i actually got to work on the early stages of the ford gt interior um to the current one um a bunch of lincoln stuff um 
and then actually my last project, well, I didn't fully finish it, but was the GT500 uh, e-shifter. <laughs> and let me tell you that, I think you guys appreciate this. So I get this thing and I'm like, what is this? And they're like, oh, GT500. Oh, I worked on the Raptor interior too, so paddle shifter, steering wheel. Um, and I'm like, what is this? Like, oh, GT500 shifter. And I went off. Like, you know, where's like, the stick? Where's the stick shift? I was like, okay, cool. That that's cool. You guys want paddle? Where's where's the you know shift knob? Oh, we're not doing it. We got the GT three hundred and fifty. Ah, that's that's BS. Where's where's Ford performance? Let me talk to them. Like I was I was heated. <laughs> and they're like, oh, they've already said they won't do it because you know you know Porsche doesn't even do. It. I'm like, bull crap. They just you know this is a time when they just bought the stick back. And um, yeah, it was like my last project. You know, I, mean, I, didn't get, I, I didn't get a chance to finish it, but um. You know, I was like, man, are you kidding me? You know, so, um, but yeah, so I mean, ultimately I left there because um, I was actually trying to move into more advanced design department at Ford at the time. And like, I was really into like business models. Like I loved like looking at advanced business models, like how you could do stuff differently with cars. At the time, there was this understanding that like people were going to buy less cars. I'm like, okay, how do I figure this model out? I even was able to like, you know, reach out to a friend who like got me like high places at the company. I presented to like top executives and and but ultimately they never saw me as anything more than a designer like oh you can do really good powerpoints and I'm like no no here's here's the idea right and um interestingly enough like five years later uh gm came out with the same business model right so what happened was i got the job finally you know even though that one department wanted me to do powerpoints the advanced design wanted me to uh do design work for them and my chief at the time wasn't happy I was moving this other department. He's like, yeah, yeah, you, I'm not happy, but I'll let you do it, right? I've been working for this for seven months. And the next day I walked in right as I was getting ready to accept the offer. He said, I had your offer retracted last night. You're staying with me. My daughter's like, one wait, of wait, wait. <clears throat> So he he had it retracted because he didn't want you to leave. Because, yeah, because at that time, our, our I was other senior designer, our other senior designer left and our manager left. So I was like the senior guy on the team. So he did what he had to do to keep headcount and things like that. You know, I, I get it from the business side, but you know, I was like, okay, cool. You know, I understand. Just give me the money, man. Like that's all I need. I have a one-year-old daughter. Give me the money. He's like, ah, we'll see how your PR does in nine months. And then talking to other people, um, Ford at that time could retract twice, two order, two offers a year from you. And I was like, this isn't my life. So I, um, I'm getting to how Maker started. This is the trend. This is kind of how it transitioned, right? <laughs> So at this point, I'm actually doing sketches and putting them on. If you look back at early sketches, like I'm wait, actually- Wait, wait, Jay, real, real quick, real yeah, yeah. quick. You got it. So I just, I'm curious about this because you go from getting your dream job, super excited, right? <laughs> to now, how long did you work there? Five and a half years. So at that five and a half year mark, you're, you're ready to leave. Like you're done. Like yeah. it's- no one controls my destiny. That's me. I mean, that's an ego problem, but you know. no, no. I listen. That's I'm I'm I on par. It's not an ego that. problem. That's should be your life. I mean, it's, yeah. You only get one of these to live, don't we? Uh, dude, after seeing, we can talk about Ken in a minute, but you know, Ken Block, like that. That was like punch in the face, you know, last night. Crazy. Um, so that to me is more. That statement's been real to me for a while, but now after seeing that last night, it's like, um. So yeah, so you know, I quit, and then um, I had a a company that wanted to hire me, like doing freelance work. So I started a freelance company, and then they were going to pay me, you know, forty hours every two weeks or eighty hours every two weeks, and give me a paycheck because it was like nice transition into doing business. And I didn't see my first paycheck for three months, and I didn't have a lot of savings left, right? And my wife, you know, Kelly, she like had her design business, and so we had no consistent income, and you know, I mean it. 
it was like kind of disaster, right? So where makers ultimately came up and became a thing was at that point, it were sketches on Instagram that people liked, even though people were trying to get me to buy stuff. To me, I saw like an ounce of hope in that because here I am struggling. No one's paying me money. No one's giving me the checks. So I'm like, okay, I got this thing over here that people want to buy. Maybe, just maybe I can start a business from this. And that's actually like what was the final kick in the ass was to start makers is that I was desperate for money at the time, you know, and it like kind of just flourished from that. And that's kind of ultimately how makers sprung up, you know? Yeah. So, so through all that, that's how, that's how I got the makers. That's cool. So let me ask you this before um, we're kind of getting towards the end, like always. Yeah. But uh, let me ask you this. If it all ended tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm what would your hope be like as far as the legacy makers leaves behind? Um, just to, you know, just to show people that they can, you know, they can do cool shit and just go for it. You know, like just, get, you know, if anything to inspire people to do it, just to do their own thing. I mean, that's right. You know, and I've, I've seen a few people do that. I, I don't want to take credit for anyone, but I feel like when I was going to start, a lot of people weren't doing, box body stuff like new stuff right and now i feel like a lot of cool people you know a lot of cool products coming out now what um, do you hope to bring to the fox body community in the future through makers um definitely i mean you know for the products i definitely more products um but i want to bring a level of like higher value you know like, like design wise we're talking yeah, yeah i feel like people deserve better quality parts you know people are working their ass off for these things like i i some companies do this. I don't believe in this, but I feel like you buy a part, you should buy that part once and never have to buy it again. I'm not going to design it because I want it to be disposable. And then you have to buy it twice for me. Um, right. One of the reasons I'm switching from the ABS classic to the TPO is because I get pissed off when people call me and say, Hey man, I ran into a curb with my ABS flare. It's my fault. I hit a curb. I don't want to hear that. Like, you know, I get it because it's the plastic, but I, I, I get frustrated with that because I'm like, man, you shouldn't have to do that. It should be, I should have designed it with that material from the start that's my fault is that is that a rabbit hole though for you like like does that cost you money what if they break them well no because they're they're buying another one but but what i'm saying is does that how do i word this is it more of a good yeah i'm trying to find like the wording for what i'm thinking i guess like yeah like you having that mentality is that open like a, a rabbit hole for for you to spend more money financially on the company to, to make it. So it's not like that because really at the end of the day, like any plastic can break, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'll give you a good example of that with the wheels, right? When I did the Chrome, the supplier said to me, Hey, you, you can, so with castings, there's, you know, they just pour molten aluminum into a cast mold or they pressure, put pressure in it behind it. And they said, we can do either, you know, but if you're going to do Chrome, we recommend pressure casting. You can do the you know gravity fed casting, but you're not going to get the same quality. Some people may notice, some people not. And I was like instantly like, nope, gravity fed, right? Because I knew it would be a better product. Like just no questions. Like I, I, because I can't live with the idea of knowing like I half assed it. Because this is how I think, and you know, is everything costs the same amount of money in life. Everything, every like there's a dollar amount that, that it takes to operate the world. And the reason things are cheaper and more expensive is just moving money around. But at the end of the day, it all costs the same. It's just who's going to get the short end of the stick to have to pick up the bill 
from the other person that found a way to make it cheaper, right? right? So if someone buys a cheap part, you know, the classic saying, pay now or pay later, I believe that. Like, if I'm being cheap on something, well, then someone else is going to have to pick up the bill. It's not like everyone saves money. It's like someone's paying more somewhere. So right, that's true. I, I just feel like just do it right. And, I, and, and I'm also kind of like, I'm really conscious about industrial design. Like at a point in my design career, I had this like idea like, oh man, I, I design trash. You know, except consumer industry, the product industry that I, I did all I work for. Like, man, all this shit just winds up in a landfill. <laughs> I right. just design trash. And it was like, and I really had that realization. And then even when I, there was a, this is crazy, but even for a long time, there was every time I shipped out a box and it had like a ton of plastic in it and a lot of stuff, like excess material in it, there was actually a feeling of like, sadness like i'm like man i'm sending out all this trash man all this just is going to live in a landfill like you know and it's so like that's where i'd be really conscious about that because it's like and i'm also conscious like man people work their ass off for their money like why i mean why am i gonna have the mentality like ha there's the last six months and i'll give them again another six months i don't do that shit yeah yeah well you i know? mean i'm kind of the same way jay like i don't i can't do things half-assed or like if i'm gonna do it i try to do it yeah. the best of my ability Except your haircut. My haircut is fucking sweet, bro. Look at you. It is pretty symmetrical. You like that shit? It's pretty. <laughs> he only cut half of his hair off, though, is the problem. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> what a prick. <laughs> so listen, guys, on that note, honestly, I unless you guys got something else to talk about, I mean, I have no other questions for Jay. So where do you see the Fox body going? What do you see for the future of the Fox Buddy? Um, you know, if I had to think business-wise and kind of just looking at trends, I mean, I think it's going to have its cycle. You know, it's going to go up in price and it's going to drop down over time or, or maybe plateau um, in pricing. But I think you're going to see, you know, a lot more. I think you guys said something about Rustin Mods the last time. I think that's yeah. kind of a good thought. Um, you know, I also have my personal ideas where I want to do. So maybe that's kind of getting in the way of my thought right now, but you know, I definitely see more advancement in what it's doing. Um, okay. I think you're going to see, you're going to continue to see younger people get in it. I mean, look at Radwood and some of these other events that are younger. Um, but I still think there's a lot of like bandwidth there for something that's like stupid premium. Yeah. I'm with you, bro. I know you and I, but <laughs> we've had this conversation. You know exactly what I'm saying. I do. So, um, I have an idea of what I want to do for that. You know, it'd be, I'm just throwing this out there right now. There's no thoughts behind this, but like, I love to like develop this, this version and like maybe try to build one and then like put, you know, work with a, a team or a, a really reputable shop and like come together and like do a lot, you know, a low production run of like 15 of them. But like something that's just like, just effing stupid. But, oh, yeah. but, but, but done in such a tasteful way and clean, sophisticated design that it's like just like a piece of art when it sits there and it's timeless in design. You know, no, no crazy scoops, nothing that's like over the top. Yes. Just like simple and pure, but it, it maybe fully naturally aspirated, but just something that's just like straight super, up badass. Just supercar level. But at the same yeah. time, it looks like, you know, I'll give you a good example, you know. <laughs> I'm trying not to say this, but it's... Don't you know, say it. Don't say it. You know what I'm saying? I so know what you're saying. But you're, there's a couple, guys, there's, listen, he shouldn't, he shouldn't say this. Okay. <laughs> so there's a couple companies out there that do it very well with other types of cars. 
Yeah. And it's like, I love what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, because, yeah, I'll tell you another time. Sorry, guys. You're going to leave you all hanging on this one. <laughs> but... <laughs> so, so I got one more question for you, Jason. Yeah, what do you got? If you took the Fox body out of the equation, what other car are you driving? Hot Porsche 911 GT3. Hell yeah. I like that. That's like, that's in some way, that's actually what I'm working towards. I yeah. don't buy a lot okay. of stuff. Like, you know, I don't actually, I don't buy a lot of anything. Um, I can tell you this. That's those the cars car. are overrated, bro. But you work for Porsche, man. You're jaded. But let me tell you this. <laughs> I, I think, I think. If anyone knocks those cars, I'll give you a perspective that is unique to me, but I think other people could relate. Um, the GT, okay, this might be controversial, but I will say it. And I think that if you hear me out, you'll agree. Porsche is the Mustang or the Fox body of Europe. Yes. Right? Because, so when I started Makers, I started doing restoration. And I had a 69 912 Long Nose was the first car I worked on. Actually, the car I worked on for that, that, that business at the time. Um, and I was like, wait, you can take parts from a 67 and put on a 94 Porsche and you can take this part from an 88 and put on this. And I was like, real, I was like, man, this is, this is the Fox body of Europe, you know? And that's what I've always loved Porsche at that point. But that's, I think what really solidified it for me was like, this is just their, this is their Fox body. Yeah. You know? Um, and I love back to my wanting to live with stuff, you can live with that car. And I think there's just something amazing about that. I mean, yeah, I could get a Turbo S, you know, one day if I you know, get to that point. But I drove I just, one across country. I just like the big middle finger sticking off the back of the GT3. <laughs> you know, like I just, I love that. Just, you know, it's kind of contradicting to like my idea of like simple, pure design, but it's just, there's just, I don't know. Well, my gut tells me that you'll have one. I feel like you're motivated, motivated enough. Right on. Even if it's the day before I die, right? <laughs> like, I just want that. So I'm actually going to rent one um, in spring. I want to rent one for three days. Just Are to, you? Just the. Just you, that's probably a bad idea. Jason Cummins no longer exists. <laughs> actually, I probably shouldn't share that shit, you know. Um, but yeah. Um, but I guess actually one thing I want to say is, you know, um, you know, I mentioned it just for a second, like, you know, everyone knows Ken Block Pass, man. And like that, you know, I was like, I couldn't sleep last night. And, you know, I'm at my parents' house right now. I'm like, I couldn't sleep last night. It was like 12 o'clock. And I, I see like all these posts and it effed me up, you know. And I, I think it's because. I don't know if you saw the post I made today. It kind of hinted at it. It's like, yeah, he's a dad of a daughter. I'm a dad of a daughter. Like, my goal is to teach her everything I know. Like, I even show her my finance books. I show her everything about my business. Like, I, I, I want her to understand everything that's out there in the world. Like, I, I don't hide anything from her. And, you know, and then, but he follows his passion. I mean, he's like youthful. I mean, just there's so many, like, I'm, you know, I'm not Ken Block, but there was just a connection there that I just like, Love the way he's doing, like the branding and the marketing. Just like oh, I love that creativity. And like when he passed, I'm like, wait, like he's 55 years old. He's not done yet. He's just getting started, you know. Like it, it kind of bothered me too. Jeff. I don't really get. Uh, I don't either. It's like, it messed me. I'll up. be honest with you. Like when celebrities die, I honestly, guys, I'm just gonna say free. Like most of the time, I don't care. Like, I mean, that's just the truth of it. Kobe got me a little bit, and I'm not a big basketball person. 
but I think it's just like how good he was at it and how young yeah. he was. Like, and, and, and I guess and, and with his daughter, like that. that I guess saying me. the words "I don't care" sounds. Hard. I get what you're it's, saying, though. Not, not that I don't care. Just like I'm like, oh man, that sucks, and on with my day. But yeah. with Ken last night, it was definitely like, like I'd never text people. I was like texting people, like, holy shit, like I can't believe this happened. Yeah, like, and it's you know. Everything happens for a reason. Like, man, when like I remember, like he, his daughter Leah started taking over and like doing all the um, uh, the YouTube the races on YouTube. I forget the the channel they had the name of it. But I was like, man, this is cool. You know, like she's taking over. She's fourteen, driving so a fourteen hundred horsepower car, and it was like he would just step to the side and yeah. he was letting her have her time. And it's like if he would have waited two years to do that. We wouldn't know Leah. True story. And it's like, and it's like it just ha- like it's like everything happened the way it was supposed to. You know, I, mm-hmm. I hate to say that, but like he has someone to carry on that legacy because of all the time and energy that he put into her. And like it's like now Leah could get like you know I was thinking about this today and I was like man like you know Audi spends all this money on all these cars like what's what they do? I, I bet she should hop in them. You know, like it's just yeah. like carrying that legacy and like just like. You know, and it's and as as a dad, it just like just, just screw me. And then for ultimately to, to hear actually what happened to him, it's like, are you kidding me? Like this guy's doing this crazy ass things, you know? Yeah. You know, and you know, yeah. it goes back to um, that pod that we did with Caleb. Oh, and I was saying, there's nothing that bothers me more than when people say one day, like one day I'm gonna do this, one day I'm gonna do that, one game. Well. Like I said, it's a perfect example how one day can never come, right? So, like, do what you, do what you can do now if you can do it. You know, I mean. Especially I when know. you think you have time and then you don't. Well, the thing is we all think we have time. But we don't. <laughs> you know, it's like it's you – know, like someone taught the, me this. They were like, always think about your death. And it was like – it's kind of like more of you're like, well, why don't I want to think about my death? But it's like – for some people it works, some people don't. But it's like – it's like because you're like, oh, man, I don't, I don't have that time, you know? Or like sometimes you're like, you know, you go into something, you're like, whoa, I've been there six years. How that happened? You know, yeah. it's like, it's just because it, it's having that awareness of time that can really impact really what you do. Because now it's like, oh, I don't have seven, 10 years. I have three months. Okay. They've done three months. Right. It's like, right. But like yeah. I said, we, that's the problem. We, we all think we, we live in a moment where it's like, we, we always think there's more time, right? Like you always yeah. think there's going to be, Oh, there's always next year. There's always next year. Oh, fuck. Like, we just live like that. We don't ever think, like, something like that happened to him could happen. Like, how many people listen to this right now? Snowmobile. Right? I mean, I I scuba dive. I could be 100 feet underwater and be attacked by something or where my oxygen tank goes out and I just drop, you know? Right, or or ride dirt bikes or drive our cars fast or or anything. Like, we... I don't know. I get what you're saying, man. Yeah, it's 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 wild. I mean, I mean, it messed me up so much that I'm like, oh crap. You know, I'm, I'll be 40 soon, and it's kind of kicking a little bit. But like, I was like, I got last night. I kept working. I worked like six hours last night after that happened. I'm writing down my goals. Like, I'm looking at like everything for 2023. Like, I'm like, you know, like I I may, I may not have the time. I think so. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, Whew. yeah. I don't know. Well, listen. On that note, I think that's a good place to end it, gentlemen. Yeah, man, that's good. Jason, thank you for coming on. Everyone yeah. listening, if you're, I'm pretty sure you're probably aware of Maker's Garage, but if you're not, 
Check his stuff out. He's got some really good stuff coming out. High quality stuff. Stay tuned for that. And uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, Jay, we appreciate it, man. You're welcome. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.